Well, topic number two for the show. Sorry, we have to go there, but we do. And maybe you have a rant or you don't. Well, you've been saying it all along. The Yankees cannot depend on the bullpen. The Yankees cannot depend on the bullpen. The Yankees cannot depend on the bullpen. Well, how did they lose the bullpen? Arada Chapman gives up the home run, and the Yankees lost 2-1 to one in Game 5. Well, listen, credit to you. You you picked Tampa Bay to win the whole thing. And if, and if they beat the Astros tonight, they will clinch a spot in the World uh, Series. Well, well, before we talk about – well, sorry. Instead of talking about the playoffs, well, the, if you had to sum up the season that was for the 2020 New York Yankees, well, what would it be? Failure. Failure with the team that was in place with everybody talking about, oh, every Yankee fan on social media, every talk show radio host going out there and talking about this team. As soon as you keep on hearing about teams getting hyped up and everything like that, and then COVID happened. Garrett Cole signed. They have all these guys. They're the best team on paper. COVID happened. Injuries happened. Luis Severino hurt out. J.A. Happ wound up getting hurt a little bit. James Paxton hurt a little bit. But still, you have to find a way. Next man up mentality, right? I expected, I expected this. That those same guys from last year were not going to have the same year this year. Mike Talkman. Frazier came up. Cliff Frazier was great. Not going to lie. I think next year, if Brett Gardner doesn't resign here next year, he's going to be the starting left fielder. Make no mistake about that. Aaron Hicks, strikeout machine. You know, guy's a long ball threat, pull hitter. That's it. You know, John Carlos Stanton, outside of his postseason, got hurt again. Looks like he's going to accept that player option and the 10-year deal worth about however much it is, $275 million, he's going to get it. Hate to count people's pockets like that, but it's the truth. Although, as much as I want to see him decline and go in the free agency, uh, that ain't happening. And then, you know, you look at everything else. Mike Ford realistically came back to earth. You know, most of these guys, with the exception of Gio Urshela, who's been playing, he played out of his mind in the playoffs and even in the regular season, I think he's found a third, he's a mainstay at third base for, for the foreseeable future. And Luke Voigt, Luke Voigt played great MVP. Probably we'll see Uh league leader in home runs in the AL for sure, but make no mistake. You know, it, it, it's a failure because of the fact that, you know, they could have beat Tampa Bay if they really had to. But again, like I've been saying all year long, here's a team that under Kevin Cash has the league's best pitching rotation numbers-wise. Top, top five in ERA last year. Top three in ERA this year. Uh, in the AL East, that's no joke. And when you're going up against the AL East now multiple times in 2020 and, and the NL, I get it. It's COVID and you're never going to see this again, 60 games and such. But Sean, this team is special. Their bullpen is special. They can go out there. They literally adapted to the rules. They can have anybody out of that pen pitch. They can have anybody in that starting rotation and start. They can have anybody as an opener and go out there and do it. 
their lineup. They can go out there, hit it where they ain't, contact hitters when they need to hit a home run in a certain situation, boom, they do it, and they find a way. And most importantly, the manager, Kevin Cash, manager of the year, in my honest opinion, seeing how everything has happened, give him, just give him the keys. Give, give, give him the award right now. Give him the award right now. Because this guy has literally proved to a lot of people that the Rays are no joke. And everybody on social media that I've talked to, when I said that the Rays are going to win the World Series and win the AL East, I got looked at with five heads. Well, when you have guys out there that are looking for arbitration, looking for money, they're, they're not looking for a championship. They're not looking for a championship like they were in 2017 and 18. When they're looking for, arbit- for a new arbitration deal or for a new free agent deal, you're going to see their whole attitude change. And you can definitely picture that. And when guys get paid, I said it on this show plenty of times, their heart's not in it anymore. They're only playing for the love of said money. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not a pro athlete, but from what I've seen and from what recent history has told me, uh, it is definitely not a pretty sight being a Yankee fan right now. And I will tell you this, and I've mentioned this on plenty of platforms, whether it be Twitter and some Instagram posts where some people have put what they should do in the offseason. If they do not win next year, I mentioned the fact that the Yankees should fire Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman. I'll give them a pass because of 2020. However, next year, if they don't win it, Hal Steinbrenner has to go out and literally look at this franchise and say, you know what, Brian, you've done good. You've done good, but we've only had one World Series winner. And all these division titles and all these playoff runs are great, but your act has gotten stale. That The way how the team is built has gotten stale. And, you know, the blueprint has to change up here. And Aaron Boone, you know, even though Brian Cashman came out today and said that he's not a puppet, he is a puppet. He is. You know, I've, I've said it. I've said it when he got hired uh, a little bit. But you know what? To no avail. He's proven a lot of people wrong here in this instance, but, you know, it is definitely not a pretty sign. If they don't win next year, heads are going to roll. You're going to see a lot of changes, and you're going to see a rebuild happen if they do not win next year. But this season right now, I'm going to give it an F, a failure, because they had the opportunity to go out there in the playoffs. Everything was there, right there. A lot of people spoke big, and, a lot, and that's what happens, bro. When you open up your mouth, like Luke Voigt did in game four, after game four, excuse me, you know, what else are you going to do? That's the automatic jinx. A lot of people say, oh, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole. You don't know how some of these playoff games are going to work out. You don't know that. Yes, Garrett Cole pitched great, but Luke Voigt, you know, didn't produce. He couldn't back up his claim that they were going to win. He guaranteed a game five victory. Can't do that. Maybe he learns his lesson. We'll see. Other guys in the lineup, too, didn't produce either in that game five spot. Aaron Judge. You have multiple guys swinging at multiple 3-0 counts on on 3-0, swinging away, putting the ball in play. You do not want to give the pitcher certain situations. I think it was three times that they were up 3-0. Three times. Bro, 
That's a sin. That's a sin. And everybody, oh, Garrett Cole, the Yankee, bro. And especially if it's your hot hitter going out there, swinging on 3-0, trying to get a strike. Grind away. That's what the Rays did. Grind away at Garrett Cole. And that's why Aaron Boone should be let go. Because of the fact that you had, and I'll get to your point. I'm sorry for being well-spoken and all this stuff, but whatever. Aaron Boone, 94 pitches for Garrett Cole, takes him out. Meanwhile, in game one, you got to see Kevin Cash ride his AL Cy Young Award winning Blake Snell to nearly triple digits, 110, 111 pitches, whatever it was, through five innings. Found a way. You couldn't leave Garrett Cole in there. He was mowing him down. He found his groove after that first inning. To go in there and put Zach Britton in, I get Zach Britton's a ground ball pitcher. I get that 100%. But to put a Roldis Chapman in for, for seven outs, stay possibly. Here's my lasting moment. Forget the fact that Chapman gave up the home run to Brousseau. That's poetic justice. Good for Brousseau. Happy for Brousseau. Happy for the Rays. Maybe they build on that and they go to the World Series who they're up 3-0 right now against the Astros. But my lasting moment, you're down by one run. One run. You mean to tell me that you're going up against, the? Uh, I forgot the reliever, Castillo, if I'm not mistaken, of the Rays? Yeah. Why not grind at bats away? Yes, he's pounding the strike zone, but try and put the ball on, try and grind the at-bat away. Try and do something. Instead, when they gave up that home run off of Chapman, when Chapman's face, that smile again, they gave up. And they knew that was it. That was the nail in the coffin. And they tried to do the one swing stuff, grind away. This team is lacking heart. Something that three years ago, when they made it all the way to Game 7 of the ALCS against Houston, they had all that heart. They had all that passion. They were playing for one another. Now they're playing for contract. Now they're trying to find a way. Most of these players are. They're trying to find a way to get a new deal. And seeing who, how the other players have gotten it. Aaron Judge is playing his ass off. You know, but Severino got the contract extension, which I liked at the time. John Carl Stanton about to opt into a 10-year deal. Gary Sanchez is going to probably get an extension. A lot of guys are going to get extensions here, and they're all playing individual ball right now. They're not playing for one another, and that's why they lost. They didn't lose because of the fact that Chapman gave up the home run in the eighth inning against Brousseau. Poetic justice for sure. They lost because of the fact that they played individually at that point in time, and you could see it. Like many Yankee teams in the past did in the middle of the 2000s, and especially in the early early 2010s so you know that's just me but baseball is a much different sport than let's say basketball but whatever it is what it is Yankee season was a failure but I expected it I expected it well and well and and and, I mean bro listen don't worry about going uh, on a rant you are the resident Yankee fan on the show so I expected you to but I hear the disappointment 
uh, in your voice. And that's the word that I would use. I would use this uh, appointment because of you paid Garrett Cole a boatload of money. Did he produce? Yes. And shout out to him on three days rest. Well, like you said, after the first, I was like, this is the best pitcher in baseball. Holy smokes. I said, no. The strikeouts, the ground balls. Well, he was hitting 100 consistently. Right. I think he struck out. Was it, it wasn't low. I think he struck out our goal, Margot. I think it was him. Well, the at-bat lasted four pitches. 100, 100, 97, 100. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> this man is on three days rest. And he threw probably the best hitter or, or, or the second best hitter on this team four straight fastballs and struck him out. So shout out to Garrett Cole. Will, I'll tell you where the Yankees season went wrong. I think the, it went wrong when COVID happened. And I'll tell you why. This Yankees team, I feel, well, I feel, sorry, well, let me just get rid of this here. Well, I feel this Yankees team went wrong when COVID happened because I feel this Yankees team, when as crazy as, as this may sound, I think this Yankees team needed more games. I think they needed more games. I don't think they found the identity of who they are or how they should play over 60 games. I think this team needed 162 to really figure things out, to really be like, all right, after 80 games, where are we? What are we doing? What's going on? Well, I feel like six, well, the 60 game slate went like that. It was, it was, it started and then it was done. And I feel like once COVID took place, well, it gave the teams that already have an identity, Tampa Bay, the Dodgers, Atlanta, the Brewers, the Cubs, these teams that, that have already built the identity that, 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 that have a core, well, it was destined for those teams to, to uh, um, uh, succeed. And I feel most of the Yankees' success came, well, they beat up on Boston, who was terrible. They beat up on Baltimore, who was terrible. They kind of sort of beat up on Toronto, but very young as hell. Who's the only team that they didn't beat up? Well, Tampa Bay, who has an identity. So I think this Yankee team just ran out of games because, well, every season is a brand new team. Every season, a brand new team, brand new core, whatever the case is. Well, I, well and it's not an excuse. I just think personally from watching the games that I did, from reading everything that I did, I think, you know what, if this team would have played 162 games, well, I think they would still be um, um, playing now. I get your frustration with the pen. They relied way too much on the pen. Well, so sometimes when you stockpile something so well, you become dependent on it because it's stocked so, so well. Well, as everybody knows, I'm fat. I like to eat. Well, one of my favorite foods is tuna fish. Well, if you look in my food um, um, little box here, I have cans of tuna for days. Well, when I want food and I don't want to go out to get food, 
what do I do, Will? I eat the tuna because it's well stocked. Will, when I know I should be eating something healthy, vegetables or whatever, Will, I don't. Why? Because I resort to tuna because it's well stocked. Will, Aaron Boone, Garrico's pitching great, but no, no, no. My bullpen is well stocked. I have to use it because it's well stocked. J.A. Happ, he's getting bombed. Okay, okay, okay. I have to use the bullpen because it's well stocked. Well, the Yankees have to get rid of some of these arms because they don't need Canely and Chapman and Britton and Ada Vino and Green and all these guys that they have. You need two, three guys max. And so we shall see. But we'll, I'll tell you this, John, like you said, John Carlos probably going to opt in. Sanchez is probably going to get an extension. Will the Yankees have to find a spot for Clint Frazier? I think it's a crime he did not play more in the um, playoffs. Because the end of the regular season, he was on fire. And the fact he rolled the bench is a crime. But will that probably, and this is my uh, uh, final point, Will, that probably comes from what you said. Will, I tagged you on Twitter in the Alex Rodriguez rant when he went off on them. He went off and was something that Paul Doneal said. And I agree with him. We have to stop playing numbers and we have to start playing baseball. Because, well, some of these things are just common sense. But we let the number crunching and this analytical thing and that blah, blah, blah get in the way of common sense. That's what happens. Common sense, Will. It's, it's, it's a copycat <laughs> league, bro. You know, the Oakland A's did it. Billy Bean started it up. Everybody, And it became a hot trend ever since then. And, you know, with everything going on, Sean, you know what you see it. There's a lot of a lot of turmoil right now a lot of Yankee fans are saying screw analytics like I am right now but you know like in the old days you would have players going uh, managers going off their gut and the days of Al Leiter going up and pitching 140 pitches in, in an elimination game it's not going to happen anymore it's not where you're going to ride your best pitcher instead you're going to have all right 90 pitches you're in trouble. You're in a jam. We're going to bring in a new guy to throw in gas. No problem. You know that that those days those days are gone. Those days are gone. Well, so. well, real real quick. The 2020 off season. What are some moves you would like to see them make? Either free agency, trade, resign. Because well, I think a few guys on this team have played their final game. I think Paxton is gone. I think Tanaka's gone. I think that Gardner's gone. I think that Miguel and Duar is gone. And well, if they have to use Clint uh, Frazier in a deal to get an arm, I think Clint Frazier could be gone too. Which so what would you like to see them do? That's a huge mistake because this guy huge is, mistake. Correct. He's proven that he could go out there and play in the outfield, number one. He's earned a right to go out Literally, he's got the hot bat. He's got the hot hand still. He's young, great. And not only that, he's looking for the next big deal. 
That's the main thing. He's looking for the next big money contract. So there is that aspect to it. So I would love to see Clint Frazier back, number one. Uh, I would love him in left field. I think the days of Brett Gardner, if Brett Gardner is going to come back, I think you're going to see him as a platoon player at this point. Maybe starting a couple of games here and there a week. And Clint Frazier is going to be the guy that's going to be the starter in left field. That's number one. Number two, you know, Aaron Judge. And here's another thing, too. I I mentioned this. I looked at the baseball uh, reference, and I saw that they had the seven. They had 22 players or 23 players here with, uh, with regard to their contract situation. The Yankees next season only have, I believe, seven guys fully guaranteed. This is not arbitration. This is not this is not including arbitration at all and such. Seven guys that's gonna be committed to almost a hundred and something million dollars. John Carlos Stanton is one of those guys. They they have to re-sign guys like DJ LeMayhew, uh Garrett Cole, uh, not Garrett Cole, uh Glaber Torres. There's another guy. What are they going to do there? Are they going to put him at second? Is DJ going to go back to first? Are they going to trade Luke Voigt because of Luke Voigt's season? Plus, no fans, too. You know, what kind of what kind of difference maker is that? Uh, also, the bullpen. Sean, you alluded to it earlier. Aroldis Chapman, is he gone? You know, I don't think so. Maybe they – I don't – I can't see another team trading for Aroldis Chapman in his contract for the next two seasons. I can't. It's no sense. Why? Why do that to yourself when you can get another guy uh, in in that situation for cheaper it, from within? Uh, there's that. You know, Adovino, Britain, Britain. I think is is done. If I could just pick up the the contract situation over here right now, it, the everybody wants Trevor Bauer. Listen, Trevor Bauer isn't changing the situation here. It, it's always been year in and year out in the postseason is all about hitting, getting guys that, that are contact hitters. Didi Gregorius is a guy that, honestly, I would love to see back. Maybe the one year in Philly wasn't it. Maybe he could go back out there and, you know, go, go back to the Yankees and try to get some magic here and say, you know what, I want to come back. I miss it here. I like playing in Philly, but I miss it here in New York. Maybe they get some mojo back and they try and figure it out because that clubhouse – you could tell that it needed some fun. There's no fun in that clubhouse at all whatsoever. And Didi Gregorius was that guy. And then finally, what's going to happen here with Aaron Judge? What's going to happen here with Aaron Judge, the quote-unquote face of Major League Baseball? Spoiler alert, he's not. He's not the face of baseball. It's still Mike Trout, hands down. I don't care what any Yankee fan tells you. And I'm a Yankee fan too, Sean. You know this. Mike Trout, you're in and you're out, is still a face of the game. Aaron Judge has to remain healthy in order for that to happen. Year in and year out, it's been injuries with him, and I love Aaron Judge to death. But I think you're going to see a platoon between him and Giancarlo out there in in right field with with that said. So it's not pretty. I don't have the, the, uh, the whole free agency numbers on me right now. And who's out okay. there, who's a top That's free okay. agent. But the yeah. bottom line, Sean, is that they need to go out there and get guys that are going to be – and this is what I miss the most, situational hitting. Hit and run. Stealing a base. Going out there, going from first to third. 
you know, things like that of that nature. The little things, bunting. You know, that's what I miss the most. I think it was last, the other night, games, game something of this ALCS in which some race player wound up having, or somebody had the first sack bunt in postseason. And like all the time, are we kidding? This isn't the That's baseball crazy. that we, we didn't grow up with that baseball, you know, with this home run shit. You know, at least we got to see some bunting, some moving over the runners and such, some strategical stuff. And A-Rod said it, you mentioned it just now. What the hell happened to it? You know, it's crazy. That's the bottom line. It's nuts. It it definitely is. What definitely is. Well, to me, pitching, pitching, pitching. They're probably going to lose. Now they're going to get back on several Reno being at the top of that list, but they're going to need some rotation guys. And it's like, yeah, fitting out the bench because I think Frazier clearly needs to be in left, Hicks in center, and judging right. Well, good. Here's here's the starting rotation right now: Garrett Cole, okay, Severino, Garcia, and Montgomery. Those are your four. Whatever you do from there, you go out there. Maybe you sign, you know, somebody that's going to be like a, like a Rich Hill type, like a veteran presence, like a clubhouse guy. Instead of going out there and getting the star-powered name like every Yankee fan wants, I'm pissed off about that stuff. I don't think Trevor Bauer is the answer, to be honest with you, because let's say, God forbid, this guy has a, great, uh, a couple bad outings like Garrett Cole did in this season, and they're saying, oh, well, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, he's not that good. He's not that guy. He's not this. He's not that. And it's only three games. But, Sean, it's only three games that he's pitched. I get that the season's magnified a lot. I understand that. But it's just, from some Yankee fans' point of view, it's just, Typical, the sky's falling. Oh, my God, this guy's terrible. You signed Garrett Cole here for a reason to be your ace. That's it. You know, Tanaka, I hate to say it, too. I think he's a goner. But unless the Yankees give him a sweet deal, uh, I don't see him coming back. And, uh, you know, with everything going on, it's it's not pretty. But those are the four right there that I think that are going to be. There's going to be a lot of veteran – Lefties on the market road. Dallas, uh, Keiko, he's going to be free. Cole Hamels, he's going to be free. And you're hearing talks the Cubs may buy out John Lester's final year. I don't want John Lester. I don't don't want, I wouldn't want John Lester for you guys either. But well, just three names that could be out there. One other thing, one other thing, speaking of Gregorius, left handed hitting. They need a left handed bat. And they missed that this whole season. So, well, the Mets got a whole bunch. I mean, take your pick: Conforto, Nimmo, yeah. Cano, McNeil, Dom Smith. I mean, hey, listen. Well, will we with with Steve Cohen taking over? Will we finally see a Yankees Mets trade? I think we will. We might. I think we will. We might because what the, the Mets have, the Yankees need. What the Yankees need, the Mets have. So we shall see. Yep. Well, before we end the show, any final thoughts, Bell? Uh, I wanted to hear your rant, actually, about LeBron and the Lakers. Congratulations to the Lakers, by the way. Sean, you know me as a huge Laker fan, but this season, bro, it, I'm, 
I didn't watch a game. I didn't watch a single minute. I'm not going to lie to you with the exception of the last couple of minutes of the NBA finals, because there was really nothing on uh, at that point on Sunday, but congratulations to the Lakers first and foremost for winning. Uh, but Sean, what's crazier about this is that throughout this whole pandemic, you think that there'd be a lot of ratings, a lot of viewership watching this series. There wasn't, it's the league's lowest of lows at this point in time. I think they had like what, 5 million viewers as opposed to last year having 16. So a lot can be said about LeBron, what's going on with him outside of sports and how people are turning off the TV because of him. I understand where he's coming from with, with all the social justice that he's doing too. But I also get where the fans are coming from with not wanting to hear about LeBron and everything going on. And outside of that, from a basketball perspective, I'm tired personally of having to hear about, and this is on every news outlet, whether it be ESPN, Fox Sports, Bleacher Report, you know, wherever it is. Great. LeBron, in my opinion, he's a top three basketball player. But until then, until he gets to like seven or eight championships, he's going to be, Jordan's going to be one. You're going to have Kareem probably at number two, and you're going to have LeBron at number three. Now, I get that there's a lot going on. I understand that. But with everything that's been said with the with LeBron, it's an amazing feat what he did. An amazing feat. Winning three NBA Finals MVPs with three different teams. Goes to show his his crazy stuff. But also, too, another thing that I want to talk about with LeBron, and I'll, I'll finish off with this, I want my damn respect. Your resume speaks for itself. You're not going to win that battle. You're never going to win that battle, you know, with the fans. Sometimes fans just like you just, I don't want to say the infamous four words, but they like the whole humbled player more so than with the I want damn respect. That makes you sound entitled. And especially with the whole King James stuff, bro, I'll let you end off with this, bro. It's just, it's crazy. But congratulations to him. Top three player for sure, but just a lot of turning off uh, in my mind. Well, I'll speak about LeBron first, and then I'll speak about this team and why I think we should be happy uh, that they won. Well, with LeBron, in the world of Antonio Browns and Le'Veon Bells and, you know, guys in sports that have so many things off the field, well, off the field, you've heard not a peep in 17 years. That is not easy to do. You've heard not a peep in terms of him hitting somebody, harassing somebody, cursing somebody out. So we, so I think all the fans have to start there. He's been a model human being off the court. He opened up the school. He's, uh, he's given his friends jobs, family jobs, whatever the case was. He is a great human being. So I think that, that, that should be said, number one. Number two, Will, yes, he left Cleveland to go to South Beach. Left South Beach to go back to Cleveland, Cleveland to in L.A., whatever the case was. Well, he was a free agent. Yes, the, yes, the whole the thing on um, a TV saying he was going to go to the Heat, should he have done that? No. I don't care how much money the Boys and Girls Club would have got. That was bad. Well, in terms of basketball, 
Look, now the whole losing the six um, uh, uh, finals, that doesn't look good. That is actually pretty, pretty bad to lose that, uh, that much. But well, from a basketball standpoint, he was a free an agent. He had the choice to go wherever he wanted to go. And him and Dwayne Wade are best, uh, are best friends. Well, I am sorry. If I knew that my current team, even though it's my hometown, if I knew my current team that we couldn't do better than what we just did, and I had a chance to go to Miami, Florida, no land tax, no state tax, team up with my best friend, my best friend who just got Chris Bosch, well, 90% of the world is doing that. So I feel like he shouldn't have put it on TV, but well, I don't blame him for going because it's not like he just joined a team that was ready-made. Well, the previous year, the Heat were terrible. <laughs> the previous year, the Heat were bad. It was Wade by himself. And, and so now he went there and then he lost the first one. He won back-to-back. He got destroyed uh, in year four by the uh, Spurs. Willie goes to Cleveland, and he finally uh, wins it there, come back from 3-1, blah, blah, blah. And then, well, he goes to L.A. Well, LeBron, through the course of his life, didn't want to be known as a basketball player. He wanted to change the world. He wanted to be the first billionaire and athlete. Well, there's only two places for you to go if you want to do stuff off the court. New York City, L.A. The Knicks had no chance. And the year he signed, the Nets didn't have the cap space or the star power that they have now with KD and Kyrie, blah, 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 blah. So you go to L.A. Well, give the Lakers credit for creating the cap space, for creating the structure to bring him into, even though he would have went to L.A. anyway because he wanted to do the whole Space Jam tool and yada, yada, yada. But, well, again, he was a free agent, and he went over there. And, well, him being in L.A., it's, I think it's bigger than – uh, a basketball. We all know that. But will and I'm and here's where I'm gonna go from LeBron the person to why I think you should be uh happy. Will well, I already know how you are. Build, 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 build. Well, there was no way in hell the Lakers were winning a championship with LeBron, Lonzo Ball, Ingram, Josh Hart, so on and so forth. LeBron knew that the second he signed. Well, I think LeBron had AD circled for a year now because he knew New Orleans, he's frustrated. They're not winning, whatever the case was. He identified who he wanted to go get. I don't like, Will, how Anthony Davis went about it, saying trade me to L.A., making it obvious, not respecting the fans and his current team. That was bad on his part. Well, that's not LeBron's fault. And the NBA, well, and the NBA has to do a way better job. It is obvious these players talk and they tamper all the time. Well, it is not a coincidence. At the stroke of when free agency started last year, after an hour, KD and Kyrie were Brooklyn Nets. It is not a coincidence that it was that short. Well, but what I say all that to say this. LeBron James, he's won everywhere he's gone. The third, he's now won a, a ring well with three teams. He's played for the Cavs. They won it. He's played for the Heat. They, uh, they won two. And 
in LA, he's 1-1. Will he would never be greater than Kobe and Kareem or Magic? Well, it was never about that. It was about his life off the court, and I could win a championship for this prestigious team while I'm here. Will, the Anthony Davis trade. Look what they built, Will. They, they built a team that, well, every time the Lakers played, who had the two best players on the floor? The Lakers did. And, Will, and I'm going to say this to you. If Anthony Davis resigns, which I think he will, but, but I think he'll do like a year plus option thing, Will, I think he's going to stay. And I think he's going to, um, if LeBron plays two more years, Will, I think Anthony Davis is going to play two more years. And guess what that does, Will? These guys who are unrestricted free agents, Rondo, DeMarcus Cousins, Crowder, KCP, well, all these guys are going to re-sign and well, they're going to do it again because they have the two best players on the floor. So, well, I, I really that. like to build and I know that I'm rambling. But, okay. well, go for it. But, well, I will say this. James and AD can go back to back. They can 3P because, well, LeBron James learned in South Beach. You know what? I have to be the man here. Dwayne Wade said, Miami's my hometown, but for us to win, you got to be the man. LeBron learned how to win. Well, when he won in Cleveland, who took the big shot? Kyrie Irving. He learned to defer. You know what? Kyrie is cooking Steph's food the whole seven games. Kyrie got to go now. Well, he learned here. Yes, I am 35. AD, you got to go. And AD won. Well, I don't think this will be short-lived as you think it is. I know that he's from Chicago and they got cap space. Well, Chicago is a train wreck. And there's no way in hell Anthony Davis is playing for Billy uh, Donovan. There's no way in hell that he's doing that. Money talks. Money does talk, but Will... Lakers could offer him more, or, or more. Well, so, well, I will say this: that happened I with think, Dwight Howard. That happened with Dwight Howard back in 2013, and you know he went over to Houston. Same thing, you know. Well, well, I think it won't be as short lived. And will, let's not forget. I know you are spoiled, Will. Yankees 27, 28 championships. Lakers 17 championships. The Islanders, even though they haven't won one in a in a very long time, they they still have four, which a lot of teams don't don't even have one or two, and we got four. Well, as a fan of these teams, you are spoiled. Well, it's not easy to win a championship. Well, the Lakers may not win one again. Well, I am a Brooklyn Nets fan, zero. I am a Tennessee Titans fan, zero. I was not born when the Mets won it well. I was born in 88. They won it in 86. But I have seen zero championships in my 32 years of life. Let's get to you, Will. You've seen two uh, three-peats. You've seen the New York... Uh, no, sorry, one, one, one. Sorry, sorry, one. You've seen the Yankees win what? Two, three times? Two, uh, 20... Right, right. Four... Right, well, four or five times, Will. So, I mean, Will, it's not easy to win. And Sean, if you're in a situation to win, Will, you have to do it. Yeah, well, Sean, I, I understand where you're coming from 100% with the winning. But the bottom line is it's 
it's not how it's not about the winning from a fan's perspective it's not about going out there and winning it all that's that's fine it's about how you get there and from if you don't learn from your past history you're doomed to repeat it sean you mentioned the fact that back in you know right now anthony davis can go out and resign and get the most money like i said before dwight howard can got the most money from the lakers and he wound up he wanted to be the guy with James Harden. He wanted to be the guy in Houston. It didn't happen, but he wound up doing it and it broke apart the Lakers. And the Lakers, they didn't learn their lesson at that. They did, not to say that they didn't learn their lesson, but if they didn't make that deal, who knows where they would be. But I would have still made the move for Dwight Howard 100%, trading away Andrew Bynum without a shadow of a doubt. However, with that said, if the Lakers didn't learn from that Dwight Howard fiasco and they let Anthony Davis walk. I'm telling you right now, there is no way in hell that they're going to replace Anthony Davis. Number one, Anthony Davis is his own commodity. Number two, and number three, to get to LeBron here for a second. Okay. To get back to LeBron. I mentioned this on social media. I really would not be surprised at all in his age 35 year if he took some sort of undetectable HGH steroid, I really would not be surprised by that at all. Name me, athlete. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the perfect example, and I've said it on Twitter. Barry Lamar Bonds. You talk about people out there, put some damn respect on my damn name. Barry Lamar Bonds wound up doing the same exact thing. Oh, people aren't appreciating me going after the 40-40 the club, the 50-50, whatever it was that he did in the, in the 90s, in the late 90s, only to get outshadowed by the McGuire and Sosa campaign. He goes out, he hits 73 home runs in 2001. What does he do the following year? He goes out and he takes the Giants to the World Series. Seven games. Should have won in six, but rally monkey and stuff in 2002 happened. We all know what happened there. But the bottom line is, bro, when you're talking about money, when you're talking about people in your ear, when you're talking about all these other things and the drive to go out there and do it, bro, it would not surprise me in the least if this guy was taken – some sort of undetectable HGH. And the NBA is known to have one of the – let's let's not forget about this too. At the beginning of the 2019-2020 season, I know this is really off topic, but it means a lot because here's a guy that came back from a career-changing injury to come back and nobody's really talking about this or mentioning this in the mainstream media at all with steroid use. Oh, he's clean. He spends $2 million on his – that's a red light right there. That the guy spends $2 million on his body. Oh, that's a huge red light, in my honest opinion. You know, you don't know what, what these trainers are doing to him. And with the ego and such and him being still chiseled like that, remember, Kobe Bryant at the age of 36, 37 was a broken down wreck at that point in time. And the Lakers were not good. And the Lakers still had the young pieces there in place, Russell and Clarkson and Randall. Flash forward five years from now, you know, you're talking about, and may Kobe rest in peace, by the way, but 
when you're talking about LeBron in that instance, coming back from a career-threatening injury, just about any 35, 36-year-old would be done. They wouldn't be producing what LeBron's doing. All this stuff has to click. You know, all that stuff has to click. And I get that these are top athletes. But at what point in time do you say with the ego that's involved, with the money that's at stake, and everything like that going on, kudos to the Lakers again for winning it all. I'm not hating on the Lakers for winning it all. It's just the fact of there's no bells at all here. You're hearing the mainstream media talk away the same way how they did about Barry and Mark McGuire and Sosa, and then something came up. That's all I'm saying. You know, there's a lot going on with that, Sean. I wouldn't be surprised with LeBron's ego, with the way how you want some damn respect. It's almost the same thing like Barry Bonds went through back in the early 2000s. Well, I agree. I, I would not be shocked as well because you do get better with age, but you don't get better with age at 35, 36, 37. No, you don't. And the fact that he said that he has plenty years left, I mean, to me, that would be like a red flag. Like, bro, you already got gray hair. Like, like, what is going on here? So, well, I would not be surprised at all. But, well, and I'll end the show um, with this, well. You said got to learn from their mistakes, learn from their mistakes. The Lakers traded all the players and picks and Anthony Davis came, right? And it said, like, they did the same thing to Dwight Howard. Well, as we always speak about, and, and as you said, the Yankees have always been known for spending, for spending, for spending. And they've gone after Kevin Brown and Carl Cavano and CC worked out. AJ Tanaka. worked out to a point. He won a ring. He got Tanaka. them a ring. Panaka, the same thing. But we'll, like you said, spend, spend, spend is not always the way to go. So well, what is the difference if the Lakers traded Ball and Ingram and Hart and picks for Anthony uh, uh, Davis, right? And the Yankees given almost $400 million to Garrett Cole. If both teams didn't learn from their mistake, but they did the, the same thing, well. Time out. There's a difference between going out there and signing on your own right, the way out Garrett Cole did for X amount of dollars, and being the guy when the Yankees, mm-hmm. you know, needed hitting still, and they mm-hmm. wound up doing it, going out for the quote-unquote ace being that guy and then there's a difference between going out there and trading for arguably a top 10 talent however this had all the same writing on the wall as with what Dwight Howard went through when he came over to the Lakers the difference is between Dwight Howard and what happened with Anthony Davis with the return that the 76ers got and the Magic got the 76ers got Bynum thinking that he was going to be that guy. Bynum never turned out to be that guy. Bynum was never that guy. He wound up going out and having his own his own thing. We know what happened with Dwight. And once Dwight was tired of playing with Kobe, everything like that, he didn't want to be in the shadow. The same thing can be said. Anthony Davis can probably be, when LeBron is, you know, done, Anthony Davis can probably be the best basketball player on, on planet Earth. And for do it your back team, home. Will. Hang on. He could go back home. <laughs> he could go back home. He, he may could, not could. want it. He may not want it being LeBron's shadow. He won the championship. Great. Maybe he learned a couple of things from LeBron. 
is say, you know what? I feel like I've grown as a person year for a year. And I appreciate LeBron. And I don't go off his social media posts at all or anything like that. But the bottom line here is I've seen this story before way too many times for people in there that are buying in on, on, on that stuff. All I got to say is you don't know what's going on in a man's head. You don't know. You really don't know until it happens. You, you get the armchair quarterbacks. You get the Monday morning quarterbacks coming in and second-guessing everything. You're not getting that on the board sports. You're getting that. You're getting the honest detail of what an actual sports fan thinks like at that point in time. A realist, a realistic sports fan's point of view. Not some fairy tale, maybe with the Jets, but, you know, you know, some sort of crazy, no, it's the truth. Many people don't like the truth. Many people want to hear fairy tale. We tell the truth the way how it is on on the board sports. And that's, that's the way how it is with Anthony Davis. That's just my opinion. Well, I feel like if he was signs, the trade was a success. I mean, well, it's already a success. Right. Yes. Right. I, 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 championship. I agree. Right. But it'll be either more of a success if or when he resigns. But if he doesn't, I will tend to agree with you more. One one other that, thing. Yeah, one go other ahead, thing go ahead. that I didn't mention. Look at the New Orleans Pelicans right now with the with the talent there in place. Zion hyped up to be this next great thing. Brandon Ingram, next greatest KD. He's a restricted free agent. Lonzo Ball. We don't know what's gonna happen with Lonzo Ball. I think LeVar Ball cursed him. My honest opinion, after saying, "Ooh, the Lakers aren't going to win a championship because they traded my son," uh, guess what? It happened. And you know, Josh Hart, another guy, great role player. You know, so uh, there, there are a lot of elements here, and you know, New Orleans has got to figure out their coaching situation. So, again, crazier things have happened, but you know, New Orleans—they're they're a team of the future. But we've said that before, so. Uh, with a couple other teams that have uh, went through some trades. So we got to see how that happens there with some building. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's it. That's all I got to say on that. Well, interesting conversation, pal. Will, any final thoughts, pal? A long, long episode. If you're betting on the Jets this season, stay away. They're 0-16. Nobody's saving them. God's not saving them. Trevor Lawrence isn't saving them. For the delusional Jet fan or whoever is out there listening to this is thinking that the Jets are going to get saved by Trevor Lawrence and whoever, you're out of your freaking mind unless they fill, they fill holes and they go out there and they find a way to win games. You know, try and get a pass rusher. Try to go out there and get a receiver. Try to go out there and help the secondary out here a little bit. Get younger instead of going out there and signing one-year guys. You know, it's just unbelievable. But that's it. I just want this jet misery to end at this point in time. Doesn't mean I won't stop watching, but it just means that it's at this point, it's getting to, it's getting to a head if it hasn't already. So that's my final thought. Well, um, I will definitely be cutting this episode into two parts. Though. We, yes, <laughs> I would definitely be doing that, but well, um, no final thoughts for me. Hopefully Titans can make it uh five and oh, and we shall see. We'll also, not to continue this this long episode as it's been, but will 
I think we have to address this really, 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 really quickly. Does it have to do with this certain Islander player getting traded? No, but it does do with that team. Well, fans are like, okay, Lou, what are you doing? What's going on? Well, first of all, the Vegas Knights are going for it. I mean, Alex Petrangelo, big deal. Petrangelo is a good, like, a good player. Seven years, a, a, good, a good player. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. A good player. He's one of the Se- best D men in the league. But for seven years, I mean, they are going for it. They are going, going for it. Robin uh, re-signed him, so we have to wait and see what happens there. Well, but well, I'm not surprised at the Devon Taves trade because I don't think Rule has something up his sleeve. But well, and this tends to happen to fans like us and teams like us. The Islanders play in a big market city, but they're not a big market team, if that makes sense. So when the quote-unquote small market fans like us, when we get these homegrown kids, or maybe not if they're homegrown, but we got them in a trade and they're young and they, you know, blossom, well, in front of our eyes, like Devon Taves had, we get heartbroken when they either get traded or they sign with somebody else or whatever the case was. Well, I think that's the case with Taves. Taves, he played extremely well at times. He played extremely bad at at times. He did some in between. But I think the love connection we have with him because he's because he's been with the team for a while. It's like, oh my God, no, we can't trade Taves. Trust the process. Lou has not missed yet. And well, I didn't care that we didn't have a first round pick or a second round pick. I didn't care. Because we have the J train for four more years. And that puts a smile on my face. However, Lou, Barzell, please pay that man. Quick, fast, and in a hurry, like uh, Stephen A. Smith says. Because I'm not getting concerned, Will, but I'm starting to sweat just a little bit. I think personally, when you're looking at the RFAs, right, I think last season when – the Islanders re-signed Anthony Beauvillier. It was back in September. And a lot of fans really were looking at this like, oh, my God, is Anthony going to re-sign? Is he going to do this? Is he going to – no. He wound up signing. He came back. And, yeah, he was an RFA, but no teams were going to go out there and give him a qualifying offer. So he's out there busting his ass for a new deal next season. You know, Matthew Barzal, albeit – and also, too, it's COVID. You're going to have a flat cap. There's going to be a lot of things going on. Uh, I think Matthew Barzell resigns. I think he's one of the top players in the league, to be honest with you. I know some fans kind of disagree with me on that. I know some fans probably want to see him gone. But at what point in time, yeah, there are some fans out there that want to see him gone. But most of the fan base wants him back here. And you can't deny the talent, the speed that he has, the two-way game that he's developed under Barry Trotz. And let's not forget, when he scored the 85-plus points, that he played in, he played in an, uh, an offensive system first and an offensive style of play that was catered to Barzell and Doug Waite and Doug Waite's uh, coach, uh, coaching uh, position. So, you know, Waite's gone, Barry Trotz is in. It's more focused in on defense now more than ever. And you're getting to see that. So 
And with Ryan Pulak, too, another guy, a guy out there that could play really good D. He's a right-handed shot. He has one of the hardest slap shots in the game, uh, a slap shot that ranks basically in the triple digits that hard uh, as far as miles per hour goes. And when he gets a hold of one, he can get a hold of one. It can hit the back of the net with, with force. And I'm expecting both these guys to come back. And from hearing from social media with Devon Taves, when I first heard the news, I said, oh, my God, crazy stuff. What's going on over here? And then you read into it and you get to see it. The Islanders have great depth at defense. Noah Dobson, I think, is ready to take a step up. He's going to be Your a boy. top six. Noah Dobson. Your new boy, be, Will. <laughs> Dobson's going to be a, a force to be reckoned with, I feel. Uh, I, I don't want to be that guy that's going to go out there and say, you know, the next coming of, you know, whoever. But he's he's gonna make his own, his own name for himself, and he's gonna make the Islander fan proud. Number one, and number two, you know, you look at the defense; they still have Sebastian. They still have guys like Thomas Sicky and Sebastian Ajo in the uh, AHL. And no, we're not talking about Sebastian Ajo from the Carolina Hurricanes either. We're talking about AHL All Star Sebastian Ajo. So again, take that with a grain of salt for a lot of. Fans out there that, oh, AHL, Michael Dalco, he was an AHL all-star too. He didn't have not produced. It doesn't matter if you're a top five pick or whatever, in my honest opinion. If you could go out there and be a certain good role player and you could go out there and forecheck and hustle hard and skate fast and stuff and make plays that aren't going to show up in the stat sheet, go for it. Go out there and make a name for yourself. Because guys like myself and Sean are watching and – you know, we're seeing it right now. And with Taves, to get back to him, great talent. Obviously, he didn't play that low in the Eastern Conference Finals. He had some shortcomings in the regular season, uh, probably because of the fact that he's either A, gassed, or B, the league has caught up to him. And, you know, C, a great two-way forward, a guy that can control the puck, a guy that could be a power play quarterback on the blue line. And not only that, but you're seeing a, he could go out there and he could be Paired with a top, you know, a top four. You're probably going to see him with Kale McCarr. Probably make one of the better first lines in in hockey with McCarr, Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, and of course, who could forget about the greatest player right now outside of Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon. So that first line for Colorado is going to be absolutely scary. Let me just say that right now. It is going to be scary if they could figure it out. But again, only time will tell, my friend. With Devon Taves, though, depth, they got to get rid of salary cap. Uh, you know, arbitration number was probably going to be high. And, you know, it, it's crazy because he got married over the weekend. He literally got married over the weekend and then finds out from Lou that he had to get traded. And him and Lou had the conversation. And Lou was being honest and upfront. So, you know, it is what it is, but again, and it's not like you're Lou miss treated it. him, and what? Well, it's not like Lou treated him to one of the worst teams. Colorado's really good, yeah. <laughs> so the fact he treated him to Colorado, you know what I'm saying? One more thing, and then I'm going to end it here. They got two draft picks in return for him, two seconds. Expect one of those seconds or both seconds to be packaged for either a guy like Johnny Boychuk because no team's going to take his contract. They're going to want value for it. Expect one of those second round draft picks to go in that deal. And not only that, but maybe you might see Andrew Ladd go. 
you know, maybe try and sweeten the deal up here a little bit to add to get more cap out. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, Andrew as, as the time needs goes. to go. <laughs> I, I like I like Andrew. I do. As a person, I think he's a great guy. He is. But I think, you know, the contract situation and just the situation in general, he's got to go. He's Sorry to say it. No, I mean, listen, business, man. Business is definitely yeah. business. Yeah. Will, awesome job talking hockey and, and NFL and NBA, LeBron, all those. Awesome job by you. And Will, again, no final thoughts from me. So, for everybody on the On the Board Sports podcast, from my co-host, William Trucci, a.k.a. Will C, who's east of me, I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean on the mic for On the Board Sports. We miss you all. We love you all. Peace out.